Hi, my name is William Thomas, and this is my podcast for freedom of expression for the semester, uh, spring semester of 2022. And the topic I want to hop into is comedy and free speech. Now, for me, comedy has always been, you know, that special place, that special arena for saying kind of what you want to say in a jokingly manner. Um, always been more of a place where you can express yourself freely and joke about the things that you couldn't normally joke about or talk about things that you can't, you know, say things you can't really talk about. Um, for example, after the whole Mike Vitch situation and Steve Harvey had his comedy special, he talked about like how for his sponsors, he kind of say, hold dogs. You know, he shouldn't have done that. But in actuality, he believed in, you know, in his words, fuck them dogs. They dogs. Like, he understood, you know, he made a correlation like dogs sometimes have more rights than black people. And and as go out to say, you know, there's been countless other jokes and things like that. Um, You know, that 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 can sting a little bit. Now, the article, the first article I want to get into, um, it's from the Cougar. Um, and the column is comedy, the essential component of free speech. Public speech is limited. What by people find offensive, commonly held beliefs in the community and the status of the person speaking in comedy. This is not the case. There is something implicable within the human concept that allow communities to say funny things without penalty. People might laugh, but comedy is serious. It is true that not all com- comedy is created special. Consider this. Why might some people think John Oliver deliver news more efficiently than Anderson Cooper? Cooper is a journalist. Why Oliver is a comedian? There should be no comparison. What matters is the space. Comedy occupies a space that is outside the normal discourse. Stand-up comedy allows and perpetuates forms of speech that do not exist in normal spheres. In public spaces, there are rules on how and what to speak about, and if someone does not follow these rules, they will be shamed. And in stand-up setting, however, performers can say things that would normally, ordinarily, seem audacious. Ask yourself, have you ever... Read a headline about a com- comedian saying something inappropriate, probably all, more more often than not, because comedians can get away with saying controversial things in an entertaining way. These jokes are a- are obviously fictitious, but they can make fragments of truth, and that's what I believe comedy is like. Yeah, it's in the frame of the joke, but objective truth underneath. Like for me, um, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson jokes all about the time, all the time about his father dying in 9-11. So you're saying as a comedian, he shouldn't be able to express himself in that way. I mean, it was his father. Yes, he's it's sad about his father, you know, dying with on that day. But he he has uh, uh, made it so and com- made himself comfortable with it so that he can joke about it. And some of the jokes that he has told are freaking hilarious. I will suggest 
and go watch some of his comedy specials and watch some of his clips on SNL where he talks about his father. Very hilarious, very tasteful jokes. Um, in the same article, it talks about um, David Chappelle, who in recent months had became under fire for his his um, comments about his transgender friend and the joke surrounding it and the LBGTQ people coming out saying like this sets, you know, this is just a bad look on us. You shouldn't be talking about things like that. And it talks about one of his other comedy uh comedy specials in this comedy special the age of span make controversial comments on gay rights and transgender people. He urged homosexuals to back off while they were ahead and asked to what degree he had to participate in an identity of trans people. Chappelle reflected what he could claim he was white, and in reality, he would still be black. But he also pondered the legacy of Bill Cosby, seeking to balance the awful acts he committed, committed with, it, with the good he did in the community. So, with this comedy special, as you heard, he, he touched on topics that are very taboo. Especially, you talk about Bill Cosby in a positive light, in a regular space, you are going to get shamed. You are going to get pulverized for this. And then, rightfully so, Bill Cosby has done horrible things that he shouldn't be talking to Protestants like. But David, but they put it in a way, excuse me, not David, but they put it in a way, in a joking manner, I'm like, okay, yeah, he did this. He did this horrible action, but it kind of, but it kind of balanced out because of all the good that he did too. Like one thing let like one thing bounce out of another. Now, for me, you can find out the joke not funny, but overall, you can't tell a man what he can and can't say. And no, for any white folks that's listening, that does not mean the N word. Do not say the N word. No matter whatever comedian tells you to say it, which has been multiple comedians, including the one I'm finna bring up in a moment, do not say the N-word. That, that, that's a bad outlook. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just talking about in the realm of comedy. So, next person I want to get to with Chris Rock. Now, everybody knows what happened to Chris Rock. He got slapped at the Oscars for making a joke about Will Smith's wife and her having a bald head. Now, the crazy thing is, I was writing a paper for this is that class the night that it happened. I was writing my paper, you know, got it done, got it in sentence in time. You should be proud of me, Volks. I got it in in time. Got the paper in on time. Next thing I know, hop on my phone, load up my game, load up my Xbox, get on my phone, scroll to Twitter. I'm just seeing Chris Rock. What's going on? What happened to Chris? They say, I know. They say, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. I know. He can't be true. I thought it was a joke at first. Oh, they probably playfully, you know, it's Chris and Will. Pretty two comedians who like to joke around a lot. So, you know, I would watch the video. And I'm looking at the video, and I play it like three, four times. And I was like, that's a real slap. He actually slapped him. And not in a joking way. You can tell when 
somebody is actually playing. And I was like, nah, he actually slapped him for real. And then I see his reaction after the slap. And I'm like, oh, what did he say that was so bad? And so I'm, you know, trying to find what, what was said, trying to find this joke, right? G.I. Jane joke. Trying to find it. And uh, I was like, find a joke, sit down, I'll sit to it. I was like, it's not that funny. I get it. He got a bald head. But uh, it's it, it, it kind of stale, kind of dated. But hey, there was probably a team. There was, I, um, I heard, you know, through the web or whatever, you know, that he wasn't the one that wrote the joke. It was Amy Schumer that wrote the joke. But none of the hero there. The joke was tasteless and was kind of dry. But I get the thing of the joke, and he said it in a jokingly manner that he know he didn't mean no harm. And so we'll get up, get up. I was like, "Will you slap him, slap him over this? And what's going on in your life for the past three years? This what you retaliate against? This what you get you riled up? This what you you know you want to be a man about?" And I loved how a lot of comedians took the position that I took about when it came to, um, you know, Will doing what he did. You look at the Deadspin article, according to Deadspin, it says, oh, let me find it. You know, Hold on, let me find the article. I'm trying to pull it up. Oh. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm having computer issues. You know, the recorder found it. So according to this desk deadline in um, you know, article, it talks about how most comedians, most comedians reacted to the slap that stunned the Oscars when Will Smith ran on stage and struck Chris Rock over a joke about Smith's wife, J.D. Pickett Smith, seemingly most to come down decidedly for, as one put it, King Rock. Smith has since apologized to Rock. Now, Kathy Griffin, who, who back in around, I think, 2016, 2017, she had she held up, uh, like, a severed head of Donald Trump's bloodied, and she was green for it. And only really people I seen taking her side was comedians. Everybody else was pretty much, you know, um, just, just attacking her and saying that she shouldn't do things like that, that, that she know that this could actually happen or things like that, which is debatable, right? Donald Trump is still around. He's trying to run in 2024, so I think he's pretty safe. But, you know, she was the first one to speak out. She said, let me tell you something, Griffin tweeted, it is a very bad practice to walk up on stage and physically assault a comedian. Now, we all have to worry about who wants to be the next Will Smith in comedy clubs and theaters. Same thing for Rob Schneider, same thing for how 
Hal Sparks. Comedian Hal Sparks also expressed concern that Will, Will Smith's actions might have green-lighted a lot of violence toward comedians. I was like, I'm like, man, I'm like, they hit it on the nail. They understand, like, where this is coming from. Like, comedy, I, like I said, comedy to me has always been like battle rap. Like, things can be said in these arenas that usually can't be said in the outside room, just everyday people talking. You know? And for Will to do this, it kind of waters down the meaning of free speech within these arenas. Now, obviously, there was not pushback, but like other communities saying, like, hey, I, I maybe wouldn't have told the joke. Um, the article from the Four Out magazine talks about Ricky Gervais, um, how he changed the nature of award shows back in 2010. He says the media Ricky Gervais changed the nature of award shows hosting back in 2010. However, when he hosted the Golden Globes and delivering a hilarious, hold on, computer is acting up a little bit. Hosted the Golden Globes and delivered a hilarious and critical analysis of the state of the contemporary industry, treating the event with a dose of much needed levity. Ali, however, while Gervais' routines were infamously venomous, you can feel as though he wouldn't have stooped to the depths of Chris Rock's Jane, Jane 2 joke. Prodding and fun is someone's physical appearance and intentionally or intentionally the autoimmune disorder. In fact, as Gervais recently said at a performance in North London, I would not made a joke about his wife here. I would have made a joke about her boyfriend, which they made a joke about early in the night. So, um, I forget the young lady name because she played on the boondocks to play um Riley and Huey. Regina King. So Regina King is on stage. And she made a joke about their whole marriage situation. Will and Jada's made a situation. Jada laughed. Will laughed. That don't get you riled up because let's face it. Jada got you on the red talk table and was embarrassing that man. Embarrassing him. And, but this is what gets you riled up. A joke about some bald, a bald head that your wife had. Which they found finding the clip of Will Smith making a not a similar joke, but at Ala, but making a ball joke towards someone who had alopecia. So it's it, come on now, come on, this is not right. You know, um, going to a Forbes article right now, and like. And how comedy comedians are waiting on the implication of Will Smith. He says George Wallace talks about it in this for I mean in this Ford article, but the comedy related aggression that many comedy professors talking oh, as Rock got hit, I got hit. We comedians, we felt the pain that George Wallace said in an interview with the Wall Street Journal addressing the comedian re reactions to the incident. Somebody um, even said on 
a longtime writer for Conan, the late night comedian show. He said, why couldn't he have just heckled? The comedian, longtime Conan writer, now writer for the El Engineering show, Brian Kylie said Catherine with so many thought as they try to process what happened. But obviously he did some people had obviously some comedians who's kind of not fond of Chris Rock like Tiffany Haddish come out and say like, hey, I'm glad that it happened. She called it the most beautiful thing that she had ever seen because it made me believe that there were still men out there that love and care about their women, their wives. Others was quick to call it the fact that physical response to words is not justifiable, which is true. It's because somebody says something that you don't like doesn't mean you got to respond in a physical manner. And I do also believe there is a time and place for these things. And, and it, it is sad to show the show what comedy is, you know, being downgraded to. I feel like the last few comedy specials I've watched, other than from the greats, had been dull, boring, safe, family-friendly. And I get, I get you trying to appease a certain crowd to get more people to your shows and things like that. But I feel like as a comedian, you should have to censor yourself to, to uh, gain viewership. George Carlin. One of the greatest comedians of all time wasn't censored. Red Fox wasn't censored. Eddie Murphy wasn't censored. Have we forgot his representation of Asian people within Norbit? And I find Norbit to still to this day in 2022 highly hilarious, highly funny. Because I understand that it's come from a, a joking manner. And this is not the first time, like, um, Comedy has been attacked. You know, you know. Um, look, was looking at an article from the Northern Star, and they talked about how, you know, how. Come on, there we go. Let's just let's get to this article. It says, in the past, stand-up comics were su- subjected to harsh censorship by the U.S. government comedians like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin being arrested in the 1960s and 70s for actively delivering profane humor. In 1978, the Supreme Court determined in the case FCC versus Civica Foundation that a radio broadcast of George Carlin's seven dirty words you can say on television was indecent and could be limited. Now, obviously, there are certain guidelines you have to adhere to when you're on television, but George Carlin was trying to make a point that, you know, they just words, words should, you know, shouldn't have this much power, which is, which I think that he was the point that he was trying to make, that, you know, like, hey, we're comedians, we should be allowed to say what we want to say, and things like that, which I think was a bigger point of his, of this thing that he did. Because um, I remember, I think it was the first episode of SNL. And it was a skit with, uh, I can't think of his name, the white gentleman's name. But I know he was on there a long time. And, um, oh, I can't think of his name. Um. He played on not Sanford and his son, but um, but anyway, it was this snail skit, and 
he was saying different words to this to the black gentleman and you know each each kind of like where they saying kept getting the black gentleman more incensed. Excuse me, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was on the show. And so each time that he this the, the gentleman, the person that interviewed him was saying a word, it kept getting worse. Until he finally got to the word nigger, which was said on TV. And then I believe he said dead honky. And then he hired him right on the spot. Which took SNL to new heights and the SNL is still out today. And but not a lot of people who who wrote that joke and somebody um they called a godfather of comedy and that was he died recently. Um let me look, let me look up his name. Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney wrote you because he was also on that train of old school comedian saying, saying what you want and you shouldn't get, you know, and you shouldn't get in your feelings about it type of thing. And so as I conclude this, you know, horribly done podcast, I should have been more prepared, should I have notes. But, you know, comedy it's a part of the, you know, free speech realm. I mean, even an article on the Cougar. Once again, talks about, you know, like I said, you look at the article from the Cougar and how it talks about um how comedy is like, it, it it's, it's free speech. It's, its own little section in place within it. So, um, hope you enjoyed the podcast, even though it was horribly done. Should have done a better job on it, I feel like, in my opinion. Um, but, I hope you enjoy it. hope you gain something from it, and hope you can have a decent dialogue. See you in the next episode.